Welcome to this edition of the Gateway Podcast. Thanks for connecting with us. To discover more about our faith community, feel free to visit our website, gatewaychurch.org.nz. May this message be an encouragement to you. And welcome especially on our Heart and Hope Sunday. It is an opportunity for the new Gateway leadership team, which I'm sure that you've heard about over the last three or four weeks, to share with you our heart and our hope for 2023. So it's going to be a little bit of a relay tonight, or tag. Uh, Megan's going to start, and then Joe, and then I will conclude at the end. So I'm going to hand over to Megan, and she's going to start for us this evening. Thank you. Good evening. Good evening. It is great to see you all this evening, and it is my privilege to be sharing alongside Joe and Chris. Um, we are part of the leadership team, and as Chris mentioned, my name is Megan McDonald, and um, yeah, it's really good to see you all tonight. And this is our first Heart and Hope Sunday, and as Chris mentioned, that really is what it's all about, the opportunity for us as a leadership team to share with you our heart and our hope as we head into 2023. Go with me for a minute. Think of Gateway and our congregation like a boat on an ocean. Stay with me. Everyone has a paddle, everyone has a role, and we're working together to go somewhere. But that can only work if each of us knows where we're headed. If we all have different understandings about where we're going and what needs to be done to get there, the odds are we're going to just end up travelling in circles. So to avoid travelling in circles, we wanted to set aside intentional time this evening to really return to our first principles, to set a course, to restate our why, And really have a conversation about how we as a body, how we as a community of people are going to move forward together. So at the beginning of the year, the leadership team got together and we spent a lot of time seeking and asking the Lord to show us the direction that He wanted us to take this year. We have felt strongly an invitation from the Lord to really look at the way that we do church to be bold and trail some new paths that perhaps we haven't been down before and set new rhythms in the life of our community. Bold paths and new rhythms that will require each of us to play our part. And as we were talking, we found very much that our conversations began circling around three of the key of our values. And those three values we felt strongly were to become the foundation upon which we would build this year. And those three values are good news, community, and go. I'll say those again. Good news, community, and go. So tonight, Joe, Chris, and I, we're going to take a value each, and we're going to spend just a little bit of of time unpacking what these three words mean for us. Perhaps what these words will require from us and really practically what good news, community and go look like with shoes on. And our hope is that at the end of this gathering, 
you will understand the direction that we want to take, but most of all, that you will look at yourselves and your family and see if there are ways in which you might align with us as we start this journey this year. So, good news. We are all familiar with the good news of the gospel. If you've been in church for any length of time, and especially Gateway, you will know that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not die, but have eternal life. Amen? And that is great. And that is good and necessary that we know that and that we have a revelation of that incredible truth in our lives. But we must never forget that the gospel comes in one form and with one purpose, and that is to transform lives. Yes, we're saved. Yes, we know that Jesus has died. That's what got us through the door. But now there is a kingdom, God's kingdom, that we are called to fully establish, firstly in our own lives as individuals, and then in the life of those around us and within our spheres of influence. This year, we have to ask ourselves as gateway, as a community, how does the good news of the gospel, how does the knowledge of what Jesus has done for us, not only as individuals, but as a community, change us? And how does it inform us to work out every aspect of our lives as a church here in Hamilton in New Zealand in 2023? Because anything that we carry spiritually is going to have different facets, but it's always unto something. Let me explain this. Firstly, the good news of the gospel is, does a work in us individually. Then it does a work in us corporately so that it can be worked through us locally. Let me say that again. Firstly, the good news of the gospel is to do a work in us individually. Then it does a work in us corporately so that it can be worked out through us locally, whoever we are wherever we go. And our heart is to build a community of people who have had a revelation of the good news of the gospel and who choose to bring the fruit of that revelation and what Jesus is doing in their lives and in your lives into this house and align it with a common purpose to walk along a common path towards a common goal. And that goal is always Jesus. God never works in individuals in isolation, but always with people in community. And Joe will touch on that in a little bit. Honestly, our prayer as a leadership team is that this house would be a place where you taste and see that the Lord is good. Truly, that you taste and you see, see that the Lord is good. In our worship and our teaching, by serving alongside the people you sit next to every week, being rooted in community with people who love you through the highs and the lows of life, that we share praise reports, we share openly how God has turned up for us this week and allowing our testimonies to build faith and encourage one another, 
that we are a joy-filled, hope-filled, and most importantly, spirit-filled people. Good news. Let this be our why this year. Because God so loved the world, we love, we forgive, we serve, we welcome, we are generous with our time and with our words, and we go. Whoever we are, wherever we go. And that line, whoever we are, wherever we go, sums up our response to the good news that no matter whoever we are and wherever we go, we are called to take the light of the gospel. Let's start in this community. Let's build a house of good news. It means that whoever we are, we are a people of worship. We are a people of prayer. We are a people of the word. Call to move in compassion, always action and mission, wherever we go. I'm going to invite Joe up. Sorry, I'm Joe, and it is really my privilege to be with you tonight and chat about um, our leadership team's, team's heart for community. Um, maybe just before I kind of get into it, I'll clarify what we mean when we talk about community today. Chris, in a moment, is going to talk about uh, what it means to be a people who go. So when I talk about community, um, I am talking about our faith community, us, the corporateness of us. I'm talking about how we be family, how we encourage each other, how we care for each other. I'm talking about what it means to be community for the people that we are, the size that we are, the diversity of backgrounds and ethnicities and ages uh, and church or no church experience that we all bring. How can we better be together? How, how do we be in intentional friendships that cultivate resilient faith and spiritual formation and committed disciples in this community of Gateway? What does iron sharpening iron look like here? Um, as you will know or may have experienced coming out of the COVID season, there has been a real hunger and increased desire for people to be together. And as much as technology has been a gift at being able to keep people connected, it is not the same as being in the same place, sitting face to face with another person. Human connection is vitally important. Our mission or purpose statement reads, together we desire to be a church of resilient disciples of Jesus, committed to bringing God's kingdom wherever we are. Being together is an essential part of growing in our discipleship with Jesus. It is in community that we celebrate and lament and wrestle with what it means to walk faithfully with Jesus in the context that we live out our daily life. Being together looks like the corporateness of gathering for the worship and word, um, usually on a Sunday. But another primary place of discipleship is in smaller pockets of community. And these smaller pockets of community uh, is something we would like to focus on over the next year. Uh, one of those smaller pockets of community is what we at Gateway call connect groups. Um, other churches may call them small groups or home groups. And at the heart of our connect groups is the realisation, like I said, that following Jesus is best practised with others. It is our desire that our connect groups would be community with each other, to gather over the word, to worship, to share kai and communion, 
and to pray, exhort, and encourage each other. We are called to bring the kingdom into our daily context, and it is in these smaller groups and connect groups that we can grapple with what that looks like in the nitty-gritty of real life. You may have lots of friends and lots of connections, but who do you do intentional relationship with, friendship with? Who do you pray with? Who do you wrestle your questions of the faith with? Who do you care for? Uh, We know that it can sometimes feel hard to form and um, make connections here at Gateway if you only come on a Sunday. And so we are looking at ways that we can facilitate connection better. We are looking to form and build some new groups over this next season. And just a wee sidebar, I just want to say thank you so much to those of you who have filled out a form online in the last little way while asking to join a connect group. Um, If we have not got back to you, we have got all your requests and we are just working out how we facilitate um, those connections and getting people into groups. Um, So this goes hand in hand with my next kind of reminder or announcement. You may be aware that we have hired Anna Reddish to take on the connections role. Um, And so we are so excited to have her energy and and enthusiasm um, as we kind of look at this whole area and get into this whole area a bit more this year. So I'm going to actually introduce Anna. Um, She's going to come up. We it's Anna's poor, it's poor, not poor Anna, it's great, Anna come up, um, it's her first week here with us, so we really have thrown her in the deep end, just making her get up in front of everyone, um, but I just want you to be able to put a face to the name um, and introduce yourself to her, she loves people, is what I've heard, um, so Anna, it's your first week, welcome, uh, how long have you been part of our Gateway Fano and areas? areas that you serve in, that's where we'll go. Cool. Um, so, as Joe said, my name's Anna. Um, I'm married to Stephen, and we have a 15-year-old daughter, Amy, and a 13-year-old son, Eli. We've been part of Gateway for about 11 or 12 years. It changes every time I get asked that question. Yeah. Feels like a long time. Um, we love Gateway, call it home. Um, I have served in areas like leading Connect Group, um, being on prayer teams, Upstairs and Tribe, to name a few. Oh, that's awesome. Um, what do you love? What do you love about Gateway? What I love about Gateway is the diversity of people that we have here. Um, our family have been so privileged to be the recipients of so much love and care. There's so many giftings, um, so many awesome people. Um, yeah, and just, and just that it's a place where a family can come, an individual can come, that's my hope, um, and just feel... Um, just enclosed with love and lots of support and different avenues for serving and, yeah, growing in their walk with God, Joe. That's awesome. Um, and what are you most excited about in the new role? <laughs> talking to people. <laughs> I like talking. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking, not usually at the front, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I love... I love um, just the one-on-ones with people, um, that's kind of my background prior to working, um, coming to work on staff here. Um, but I'm, I'm really all about relationship. I love getting to know people. I love, I'm really looking forward to hearing people's hearts um, in terms of connection, um, yeah, what they feel like God's doing and saying to them and um, how, as a leadership and a staff, we can kind of support that and, you know, Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, you may applaud her because it's a big job. Thank you.
Thanks, Anna. Um, as I said, Anna does have a long list of jobs that she's getting onto in the next little while. A lot of coffees to, ha to have, I've heard. Um, so we just ask that you give her grace as she settles into her new role and finds her feet. Um, as I close this kind of portion, we also want to challenge you. Um, as much as we as a staff and a leadership can try to put some things in place to facilitate community, we don't build community in some senses, we be it. Being in community is the responsibility of all of us. We are not some kind of social club. We have this dramatic commission to be the body of Christ. This means we each need each other. We all have something to offer and give each other. I'm not sure if you've ever really thought about this, but at the center of the Christian faith is a relationship. Um, I'm studying theology at the moment, just in my part-time, in my spare time, guys, no. <laughs> um, but I'm studying theology at the moment, and a couple of weeks ago, our professor, my professor was unpacking the implications of the doctrine of the Trinity. Um, and to be honest, and probably to my shame, I've never thought that much about this, um, apart from when we were in lockdown and my then six-year-old son, in an effort to delay bedtime, um, asked me to explain the Trinity to him. So that was a good tactic, I thought. Um, but yet the doctrine of the Trinity is an essential doctrine of our faith. My professor said, at the centre of the cosmos is a relationship. And I've been thinking about this ever since. At the centre of it all is the relationship between Father, Son and Spirit. One God and yet three persons. And um, this is such a mind-blowing idea and the church has wrestled with the implications and how we understand this right from our beginning. And tonight I'm not going to unpack, unpack the doctrine of the Trinity, but I do want us to think about this perfect relationship that we as Christ's body are invited into and called to model. Like me, you may have grown up in a smaller church where community wasn't something you had to try to do. It just was. And we want to acknowledge that in a bigger community, um, it does take more effort. And hence, it's part of the reason that we know we need to be intent we know we need to intentionally focus on this whole area. But my challenge in a really practical way is, what is your next step in community as part of our Gateway family? For the last little while, I've been thinking about four Cs when I think about the church and when I think about Jesus' ministry. The first C is the curious. There are people that, come along, um, on a, that came along to hear Jesus because they were so curious about who this man was. And maybe there are some of you that are here tonight because you're curious about the Christian faith. And so we really want to say welcome. We hope that you feel at home here, that you find answers to the questions that you maybe didn't even know you had. The next two C's are the crowd and the consumer. Again, when you read through the Gospels, you can see these kinds of people. The crowd that just turned up to hear Jesus because everyone else was going, so they just followed along. And there were others who turned up to hear Jesus because they were really hoping to get something from him. And maybe some of us can identify with either of these positions. We just come along on Sunday because it's what we've always done. It's a habit. Or our friends come along. Or maybe we're hoping to get something out of going to church on a Sunday. Maybe it's we unintentionally come thinking a service is going to be provided for us. And because we are marinated in a culture of consumerism, we see the church through that lens as well. And the last C is the community. 
or perhaps the congregation, if we're going to use that word. And again, we see this in the Gospels with the community that Jesus built around himself. Those who followed him and ate with him, who watched him die and then saw him resurrected. And it so deeply changed both their lives and then the history of our world. And so there are also those who are deeply committed to Jesus and the faith community, and Gateway is your local expression of the global church. And it is in this people where you are working out and cultivating your faith. And so my question for you to think about is, where do you fall in those four C's? And then maybe as you think about this next year, and as I know it's like mid-February, but as you plan your calendar for the year, what's your part in our community? What is your next step? Maybe it's something little that feels big. Maybe it's saying hi to someone that you don't know. Um, Again, I said this morning, here's something really dramatic. Maybe it's sitting in a different seat. Oh, I know. Um, Just on the odd occasion, not all the time, maybe just sometimes, so you come across some different people. Maybe it is serving somewhere. Maybe it's just committing in your own heart to being here with the congregation, gathering on a Sunday more regularly. Or maybe it is joining a connect group and deliberately trying to find an intentional group of friends that is smaller. Or maybe it's chatting with Anna about what it might look like for you to form one. Wherever you are at, you will notice that throughout this year, we will in different ways be coming back to this whole area. And so we ask for your patience um, on the whole logistics side as we try and get things rolling. Um, Some wise person slash Don Barry once said to me that we overestimate what we can achieve in one year and we underestimate what we can achieve in five. And so I guess I just want to remind you that relationships take time and energy and effort and they mostly don't happen fast. Um, My intention today is not to give you a little rah-rah of be nice to each other and let's be really warm and welcoming. Um, That is hopefully a byproduct. We want to be that kind of people. But our heart truly as a leadership team is that we know that spiritual formation and resilient disciples are developed in and through relationship. There is only so much that we can do by ourselves. And so please, we want to invite you to be thinking about what it means for us all to participate in the life of this community, whoever we are, wherever we go. And now I'm going to invite it over, to, uh, hand, hand it, invite, I'm going to invite Chris and I'm going to hand it over to him. Bring this back to the centre. <laughs> Thanks to uh, Megan and Joe. As we go into the third and final aspect of what we as a leadership team wish to share with you today, I would like to pick up on the theme of go and why go. As a leadership, we are feeling the prompting of the Holy Spirit to recapture, to refocus on the go of the gospel, which we as a faith community, along with the wider body of Christ, have been called to be part of. It is part of what we should be doing. It is the bringing together, as it were, of Matthew 29, 19, and 20, and Acts 1, verse 8. The first of those, Matthew 29, says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, 
I am with you always to the end of the age. And then that famous verse in uh, Acts 1, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After what seems so long of hearing words and declarations such as lockdown, isolate, self-isolation, quarantine, and I don't even remember what bubbles were, and other variations around those themes, we feel that there is a strong prompting, an encouragement, even an exhortation for this faith community to lift up our eyes and raise our hearts to see what God is doing out there, to see what God is doing around us and further afield, that we take our eyes perhaps off ourselves, which has happened over this season of COVID, and we realize that there is a go in the gospel. And coupled with this call is for us to play an active role in doing what God has called us to do. And perhaps for some of us, it is re-engaging with things or with a lifestyle or with a walk with God that we had prior to COVID, that we become involved in the lives of those around us. You see, making mission of the church central to who we are means encouraging and preparing every member to share and embody the gospel in every aspect of our life. We have this good news so that we go. We have this good news wherever we go with us. The mission of the church is not just the work of faraway missionaries or even the local church workers. It is the whole body of believers, i.e. you and me, whoever we are, wherever we go. Of course, it needs to be said that go incorporates both and, both that which is afar, the Samarias and the outermost parts of the earth, and that which is in front of us, our neighborhood, our backyard, our streets, our cul-de-sac, often referred to by many as global and local mission. Let's begin very briefly with the global aspect. Over the next three months, as we desire to lift up our eyes, as we encourage us all to embrace the go, we are hosting two, what I believe are exciting events, which we pray and believe will not simply be events to attend, but occasions that will be life-shaping and hopefully transformational. On the 26th of March, the founder and CEO of a Christian organization called Christian Solidarity Worldwide, or CSW, is going to be with us. And I am sure that very few of you will have heard of this organization, but I am thrilled to say that if not the world leader, CSW is one of the finest Christian organizations fighting for religious freedom and speaking up for the persecuted church that there is. Sometimes you hear stuff about the persecuted church on our news and on, on feeds, and it is inaccurate. But I know that we have that assurance that when CSW says something, it has been verified many, many times. They are world leaders. They are in the parliaments across the Western world, influencing the governments for religious freedom and standing with the persecuted church. This will give us all the opportunity to hear, learn, and discover much more about what is happening 
in our world today, March the 26th. Then in May, we will be bringing home to Gateway the overseas workers we help support, and they will be with us from the 20th to the 29th of May. An opportunity for us all to meet with them and hear their stories. 18 missionaries who are based overseas, many with families, will be coming back to here for those 10 days, and we will be looking to create opportunities for them to share with you. They will be coming from such diverses as Cambodia, France, Papua New Guinea, Jordan, and much more. That's the global, to lift up our eyes. Now, local. Just prior to Christmas, Gateway, along with three other churches in this local area, were invited to a meeting by Hamilton City Council to help create a solution to a very real problem. Mike and Luke uh, attended on behalf of Gateway. I just took this quote from Stuff uh, earlier in January, and it was one that was uh, verified by our mayor. It says, as of September 2022, Hamilton City has 693 children living in emergency housing residence, with up to 350 of these children living in motels here on Ulster Street. And if you don't know where Ulster Street is, most of you will probably be driving up it tonight. If you go past the Kentucky and past BP, that is Ulster Street, and it'll take you up to Tirapa. Right on our neighborhood, we have at least 350, maybe as many as 400 children living in emergency housing. I believe it is the fact that Hamilton has the biggest issue of, uh, of like this in the whole of New Zealand. You see, with the approach of the summer holidays, that's, that's why we were invited before Christmas. Therefore, no school, no schools were meeting. And these children would be going without food because they were not going to school. They would be going without breakfast, and many of them would not have food at all that day. Therefore, Luke, with volunteers from Gateway, came, with, came up with a plan to provide breakfast for these, three, for these children for three days a week for the five weeks of the summer holidays. Luke really looked, worked very quickly and hard before Christmas and during the Christmas break in order to put together a plan and a program so that we could help feed some of these kids. And I've asked Luke to come and join me. Luke, so yes. how <clears throat> did you prepare for your first morning? For example, what sort of foods, drinks, etc.? How did you? How many did you expect? Sure. So did a rough calculation of saying, well, let's say 350 kids are on Ulster Street. Let's say we have 50 kids turn up over the hour. Yeah. So we kind of said, well, 50 kids, $2 a kid. Let's go out and buy X amount of cereal, paper plates, bowls, um, etc., some Milo, and then went, well, how are we going to get the word out to these kids? We made flyers, we knocked on motel doors, we went to dairies, we dropped flyers at the Z service station. That's how we prepared as best we could. You were working out of a local school, weren't you? Yeah, so we were based in Fidiora School. Uh, we, well, I met with the principal. <laughs> he said, here's the keys, here's the alarm code. I'm going away for four weeks. The school is yours. <laughs> how many volunteers? How big was your team? Uh, so we, we had between six and eight consistent volunteers throughout the month of January. So what happened when you turned up on your first day? 
So as you can imagine, cereal sort of school camp style, tables out, cereal boxes, backups in the school uh, lunchroom there, basketball court waiting for the masses and no one came. Maybe you bought the wrong cereal. <laughs> yes, honestly. We did learn what cereal, but... Mm. So, seeing that, did he just give up, go home, or what did you do? Uh, on the outside, you know, firm, confident. <sighs> nah, Wednesday, they'll be here. Um, on the inside, I went home to my wife and, hey, did we miss something? Like, what did we do? Uh, so, we turned back up on the Wednesday. Uh, we prayed harder, and we had one person turn up. How many turned up on the Friday? Uh, so on, on the Thursday, obviously, a lot of self-reflection went on, and we sort of said, okay, what, what, can, what can we do now? Went out to East West Bible College, which is just out in Gordonton, and we brought in their van. We picked up the cereal from the school. We left three or four volunteers at the school, and four of us went into the motels with the breakfast. We opened up the back of the van, pulled out a table, knocked on doors. Who wants food? And the masses came out. Talk to us a bit about the response. Yeah, there, I probably can't say it well enough, but the response was incredible. Uh, we had little children that would come out uh, each morning uh, after their bananas, or the old man coming out for his Nutrigrain and bananas and Milo put on top of that. Um, and what we thought, you know, we what we thought was going to be just filling empty tummies, and that was our heart behind it, became the food became a doorway to relationships that they remembered our names and we remembered theirs, and we consistently went to the same four motels for that whole month of January, and we built friendships and relationships that would be ongoing. Somebody offered you money to keep going or something, wasn't it? Yeah, I've, I've, I, we had hotel owners say, hey, like, we just love what you're doing. We love seeing you guys come in each morning. Here's $500. We want to support this. Uh, I had a gang member come out. Hey, here's a wad full of cash. Uh, I didn't take it. I, um, he, said, he said that this morning, and he said it too quickly again. <laughs> I, I was close. Like I put my hand out, and then went, oh, hang on a minute. Um, but I, I, did, I did feel the prompting. Me and him, actually, uh, we formed a bit of a relationship because he would come out and he would help me uh, knock on the doors to get all of the kids out of the, the motels. Um, and so I, I did suggest to him one morning, well, hey, if you want to pay for this, why don't you do it? Um, he thought that was a bit funny, but anyway. Um, <laughs> you mentioned that he was a gang member. Mm. You were really operating with the permission of the gangs, weren't a you? Absolutely. Um, yeah, we would have mongrel mob members. We would have um, killer bees. There's some black power members. And, and believe it or not, that... Yeah, the friendships that were made with them were incredible. Um, and they were, I would say, ones that were really endorsing it. Um, and yeah, if you take, if you stand in our lobby just here, you can see the first motel that we went to um, has probably around 35 children in there. Uh, and their playground is literally a meter glass balustrade. Uh, when I would turn up there about 10 a.m., all of them still sleeping. Um, so. Huge eye-opener in that, in that sense. You told a couple of stories, uh, many stories really, about um, meeting people's needs and helping people in desperate situations yeah. like a young mum. Yeah, we've we seen three babies born in that time, so mothers that were pregnant in motels, 
maybe a one-bedroom motel with three or four kids in there already. Uh, one mother had just given birth and we turned up there on the Wednesday and she'd just come back on the Tuesday and so I took up a box of food and cereal and nappies and she had all these clothes sort of spread out over a lounge and naturally said, hey, what, what are these? What's, what's happening? She goes, I can't find anything that fits the baby. So obviously my wife and I, we've got four kids, so turned back up the next morning with a bag full of clothes for her and some more food and nappies and yeah. Let me briefly talk to two different responses. Very often when people receive help like that, there is a, a stigma that can go with that. Did mm. you uh, confront that at all? Was there? Yeah, something we, we certainly were aware of, the shame aspect that could be presented when we turn up to say, hey, here's a handout. Um, but not once did we feel it. You know, a few people said, hey, why are you doing this? Hey, we, we're just aware that the kids don't have a breakfast program and we just want to feed them. Here's some Nutri-Grain here's some cereal, and they were just blessed. Um, and, and honestly, after you know, three weeks of the same motel, the same consistent faces and the same smiles, it was like week three that wolves came down, and the stories I could tell you about people going, Where, what, what church you guys at? Might have to walk down there. Um, so it's, yeah, it was incredible. Hamilton City Council, how they responded to how that's gone. Yeah, you, you guys obviously know the ripple effect story. You drop sort of a pebble in the ripple effect. We, we have had countless stories of Gateway's name being sort of said in the council. Um, it was about a week before we started that we were contacted by MSD, which is the Ministry of Social Development, that said, hey, we heard of what you guys are doing and we want to fund it. So actually that whole project that we, we had set out to do from ourselves from the beginning was yep. funded by MSD. Um, and they're saying, okay, cool. How are you going to keep going? We want to keep this going. So the ripple effect has been huge. Um, countless meetings, thoughts, processes along those lines. So. And I know that you are working on what it looks like in the up and coming holidays as well. Yeah. Yeah. We want to get a, a decent proposal together, make sure our staff are safe and training. So there was lots. You know, we made sure we had City Safe there, People's Project, which are just across here. And so, that, yeah, there's a, we want to do it well. If this is something we're going to continue doing, we're going to do it well. Good. Thank you. And please talk to look after. Thank you. <laughs> we don't know how things will work out in regard to feeding these children, but we do believe that God, through this invitation that we had at the end of last year, is prophetically calling us afresh to pursue the call to see the who and the what and the need around us that we lift up our eyes and hearts from just within this building and from the concentration of working out our own salvation to affecting other people around us. You know, in closing, as a leadership team, our heart and hope for Gateway this year is that as a faith community, we will take this opportunity to reset our course having been blown off course over the last three years. The good news that we have the good news, that we take it with us wherever we go, that Jesus is the answer, and that connection is vital, and connection is crucial for us all, and the go has to be a part, that whoever we are, wherever we go, may I encourage us to always remember, to always remember that Jesus asks and reminds those of us who accepted the offer of his gospel, 
to now help deliver it. And that following Jesus is a communal activity and not done in isolation. And as Joe reminded us, being in community is the responsibility of us all, that we have the dramatic commission to be the body of Christ. This means we need each other. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to know more about our faith community, feel free to visit our website, gatewaychurch.org.nz.